0: I'm Beth Bruno, and you're listening to The Fierce and Lovely Podcast. This is a podcast for women who wonder how strength and weakness coexist, or how to bless both bravery and tenderness, for those longing to bring the fullness of their glory to the world without a chip on their shoulder. For those who have embraced a global sisterhood and left small-storied lives behind, this is for you, the fierce and lovely women seeking the both-and of a big-storied life. Join me as I chat with fierce and lovely women around the world. episode I talk with Jamie Sumner about what it's like to raise a special needs child and how she's turned that into a beautiful offering to the world and celebration of her son. Perhaps you noticed the viral target photo of the boy in the wheelchair smiling up at the boy with the walker. That's Jamie. Join me in this fun interview. I'm so glad to be able to have this conversation with you and share you with my listeners. And for for those of you who don't know Jamie, um you're going to want to get to know her. So would you mind telling us just a little bit about yourself and kind of your your day-to-day ordinary world, but also kind of what you're putting out there um, for us in terms of your heart, your ministry, your writing? Will you give us a snapshot?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I guess I'll start with the personal part first. Uh, I, am, I live in Nashville, Tennessee with my family and I am married with three children. And my oldest son, Charlie, uh, is six. He just started kindergarten like a week ago, which is (sighs) terrifying, but it's been good so far. Um, Mostly terrifying because he is my oldest and he also has cerebral palsy. So he's in a wheelchair and he has limited language. And so anything new for us, Is probably most hard on me more than him, but um, yeah, so that's so Charlie is my oldest, and then I have boy girl twins who are four Jonas and Cora, and so a lot of my life is just taking care of all of my little people, and a lot of what I write is about them. Um, so I've written For the New York Times and the Washington Post and um, some other places as well. And I have a book, which is called Unbound. And that book um, came out last April, 2018, this past April, Mm -hmm. is about, um, basically, it's a memoir. And it's also a little bit of a self-help kind of Christian encouragement type um, book on and it t- basically tells the story of how my husband and I um, struggled for years to get pregnant, and you know we went through all the infertility treatments and um, the uncertainty and the and the fear and the excitement and the chaos that that all in, um, encompasses uh, before we had our son Charlie. And so it's a, it's about infertility and it's about parenting a child with special needs, especially when it's your first child to parent. And yeah. um, it's just kind of my story of how I became a mom, and it's a very very much a story of my faith during that time. Um, I talk about a lot of different women in the Bible who were not your typical average Israelite woman, um, the things that they had to go through and how that gave me comfort when i kind of felt like i was on the outskirts of womanhood and trying to figure out what my place was and what god was teaching me there so mm-hmm. that's kind of what i talked about in there
0: and i i loved unbound jamie because it <laughs> you know it's not something i've personally walked through in life and yet it's a it's a journey that has the same themes that almost all of us as women have walked through, right, in terms of hope deferred and um, crushed dreams and wrestling with where in the world is God in all of this. And and then in and all, you're just so funny. So, like, how can you take a, a hard journey and make it funny at the same time? So, I really enjoyed Unbound.
1: <laughs> Thank you. That's that's the feedback I tend to hear. It's like, I don't know why, but I found it very funny. I'm like, well, you know, that's kind of how I tend to try to approach approach most things is with humor. <laughs> right.
0: Right. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just so thankful that you've you've given that to the world. Um, So, and that's like, I've enjoyed seeing even since the book came out in April, learning even more, like, what is it like to parent a special needs kiddo um, as you've just continued to kind of share your life and your world with Charlie? So can you tell us a little bit about some of those, the crazy things that have gone viral,
1: um, perhaps starting
0: with the target Photo. Target, okay.
1: <laughs> so the <laughs> this is it's so funny the things that go that go viral that people kind of just find speak to them. And I, I've been lucky in the things that have gone viral are things that I feel are positive messages to send out into the world. So that's been good. So the the first one was um I was in Target with Charlie because Target's amazing, as we all know. Target is everything. <laughs> Wait, can um, I say one it, we, thing real
0: quick? I was in Target last week.
1: Are you about to say we are sponsored by Target? No, no. <laughs> the,
0: the Target has done nothing for this show. <laughs> but I was there a week ago and I overheard in the aisle next to me, it was college, you know, back to college shopping. So it was full of um, college students and And parents. And so I overheard a young college student say, What's the deal? Like, why do so many moms love this place? (laughs) And I just, it was hilarious because we moms talk about it so much. It's like our second home. And apparently, to college students, that's just kind of, or millennials, that's just kind of weird. So, anyways, continue, Jamie. Go ahead. Did okay. you hear me say? Oh, did yeah. you hear me the whole
1: time? I okay. did. I heard your millennial story, which I'm going to tell you something that'll make you giggle, which is that I am technically a millennial by probably like a second, because I'm 35, and so I'm whatever they call a senior millennial, which just sounds ridiculous.
0: But well, I heard recently that you're a cusper, actually.
1: These so. names, who makes these names up? <laughs> Can we just talk about that for a minute? Why
0: someone.
1: Who picks that? I'm a cusper. Okay, well my husband has decided whenever we're in some sort of disagreement about culture that he's gonna put me lump me in with the millennials, and I'm just it's just so unfair. It's just so unfair. Anyway. I get a
0: kick out of it. So, anyways, you are in Target with Charlie. Tar-
1: yes. I'm in Target with Charlie. I I don't think we actually needed a single thing. I think I stopped by the little dollar displays in the front and got myself some coffee and we were wandering around because he likes to go play with the toys while we walk around and it keeps him occupied and it's fun and it's easy. So we were walking on our way to the toys and we passed the clothing section for kids. And I was, you know, not really focused on that. And Charlie points to one of the displays, and he's so ex- he's very excited. and he's mostly nonverbal, but he can he, you know, he can do a few signs and he makes noises and he can say a few words. And so he got really excited and he was pointing to something. I thought he was pointing to a clothing rack, but what he was actually pointing to when I look up was a was a, it was a cat and jack clothing. At poster basically, and it was a little boy with a walker, and it was so sweet. And he, Charlie, got so excited. He starts clapping and pointing, and I get all emotional. I give him this big hug, and I'm like, Charlie, I know it's it's somebody like you. And then. I guess the other other moms, because we're all at Target, um, noticed this scene. And they, they, they started smiling. And they got everybody got emotional. It's like oh. everybody in Target got emotional at the same time. But I took a picture of the sign. I posted it on Instagram um, just with a caption, like, thank you, Target, for this. It made my son laugh and clap and smile to see someone like him in the store. Okay, so this thing went Instagram post and um so i was like i guess i should I, I should say more about this so i wrote an article um that came out that then i mean like it went crazy like everybody read that and then everyone started to share it and then scary mommy did a interview with me about it and then the huffington post did it and then i don't even it, oh uh, pop sugar and health magazine interviewed me and Dan Rather tweeted about it. I mean, it was the craziest. I think it's that people were just – there's so much negativity in the news lately. I think when people see something positive going on in in culture, we just are like, yes, let's celebrate this. You know what I mean? Like let this be a positive moment that we are doing Mm -hmm. something well and we are on the right path. And it's a kid who is excited about something who – has felt different his whole life who doesn't have to feel different right now. And, and so it just made people happy. It was collective celebration. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was wonderful.
0: Wow. But that's not, I mean, that's not the last thing either. Mm -mm. I mean, there's been several other things that, right, that have gone viral related to just Charlie. Charlie. Yes.
1: I mean it's, you know what it is? It's because we keep trying new things with him and we keep pushing to make him feel included and we never give up on that. And it mm-hmm. leads us into these crazy situations I mean, Target is not a crazy situation, but um when we were we we went to Colorado this summer, um, in your neck of the woods, we actually went to um Beaver Creek, because my family has had a place there since I was little. So it was really sweet to see my family get to go where I was and grew up and do those kinds of things. But so we went this summer and we'd planned everything. You know, we ordered a hiking backpack for Charlie and to, to sit in so we could do family hikes. And, you know, they have a gondola so he could ride up in his wheelchair. And they have a pool and we bought brought his swim therapy pool stuff and we did all of that. Um, but they also have an ice skating rink and the twins were begging to go ice skating. And Jody, my husband, does club hockey and he loves ice skating and I'm terrible at it. Like it it actually scares me. <laughs> he always when we were dating, he kept trying to take me on like ice skating dates. And I'm like, this is so sweet. Can we never do this again? Like I just <laughs> He's like, I'll teach you to skate. I'm like, I'm too, I don't want to, I'm past it. I'm good. I'm good. But anyway, they, the twins really wanted to guess. So they went out on the ice with, with Jody and I stayed on the side with Charlie in his wheelchair. And w- one of the rink, I think it was the rink manager, um, Richard was his name, offered to help Jody with the twins because, you know, Jody is only one man and the twins are four and they're pulling him in two different directions. So he was helping them And then Charlie kept pointing to the ice. I'm like, I know, isn't it fun? It looks so sweet. And let's clap for them when they go by. And he was. But then Richard came over and he was like, does he want to go out on the ice? And, you know, I had kind of already resigned myself. Like, this is obviously not going to happen. Charlie's in a wheelchair. And then Richard comes over and he's offers to take him on the ice and my first instinct is like no uh uh-uh. uh like that that scares me to death but then Jody skated over he's like it's okay I'll take him with me and and it'll be okay and Charlie really wanted to go so I uh I let him go on the ice and then I mean once again god is serendipitous I mean Charlie went out on the ice and I have never seen him so happy in my entire life because Jody was, I mean, it was the wheelchair on, and Jody was behind him, skating like crazy. And he was, like, spinning him in circles and skating backwards, and that was, like, slightly terrifying for me. Um, And then I, like, I popped on. They have the, the, this is, like, for old ladies and for me, the little, like, skate gripper things that aren't skates. They're just grippers for your shoes. And so they they gave <laughs> okay I've Okay, well, I hadn't either. They're like these rubber things that attach to the bottom of your shoes. So I was I so I went out there in those with everybody. And though I was like running with Charlie in the wheelchair on the ice. Mm. Um, and it was so amazing. And and it was again, people are hanging around like the rink edges, clapping, and Charlie's waving like he's like the king of the land to everybody. And and the second time we of course we went back like two nights later and this guy proposed to his girlfriend there and everybody oh. claps for them and then they turn and because Charlie was clapping for them on the ice and they turn and they clap for Charlie like right after this guy proposed it was just so sweet so I took this video of it once again I shared a picture on Instagram and I shared this video and. I get emails from these places like um, A Plus Media. Wanted, made a video and interview me interviewed me about it, and then Scary Mommy did, and then the craziest, of course, is Good Morning America. A reporter contacted me there um, and wanted to do an interview and and make their own video of Charlie on the ice and and. Um, I think they even tried to get a hold of Richard in Beaver Creek, but I don't think that they they did. Oh my goodness. But then and so then it's and then we're I mean, this was like two weeks ago. Charlie's on Good Morning America rolling around on the ice.
0: <laughs> wow. And again, it's just that sigh of of joy and relief, like humanity, you know, we're not is not all that bad. Exactly. There's <laughs> some goodness that we can hold on to. I love it, Jamie. And I love that you guys are just, you are trying new things. I mean, here he started kindergarten, and I know that's probably been such a challenge to navigate and and trust the school and the teacher with your son Mm -hmm. and trust all these kids to be kind, right? I'm sure that has required so much of you. And that's kind of what I wanted to ask you a little bit more about is this podcast is, is about this balance uh, as women of finding how, how are we fierce in the ways that, that I believe God is fierce in, in fighting injustice and fighting for what is right. But we're also lovely as we reflect, um, just his, his kindness and his compassion and, um, his beauty and how we create that in the world, just like he does. So how do we find the balance as women? I think is a challenge. And I look at perhaps I'm imagining what life must be like as a mom of a special needs kid and the balance of fighting, feeling like you're fighting a lot for him to have as much of a normal life as possible, and yet not letting that turn into kind of an anger, a bitterness, (laughs) a cynicism towards the world. Um, How do you continue to fight for him and his needs and still remain kind of this generous spirit that i see you to be this this element of being lovely so if, can you read a question in there i kind of went off for a moment but
1: yeah no i i kind of get what you're saying like how do i stay strong for him but also compassionate and kind of of being a mom to a kid like charlie that like you have to be i guess it's aggressive you have to be aggressive in a way more assertive, I guess, in a way than you would have to be maybe for your other kids. Um, Because you have to be, I have to be his voice when he can't say what he is wanting to say. And I have to fight for inclusion for him, you know, everywhere he goes. And, and um, so I have to be stronger in a sense, whereas, you know, the twins can kind of, fight their own battles a little bit more. Um, So there's that. But then I've kind of discovered if I'm only in advocate mode, like if that's the only setting I have, I stop – it stops being an exercise in in faith and trust, I guess, in God. Like it stops – because then I think I have to make everything happen. you know it's it becomes an element of control in a way that um, you know I'm trying to eliminate all negative possibilities you know negative outcomes and so then it becomes all about me and and that's not obviously how God wants me to live and that's not a a very restful place to live either. Um, so I've had to learn, I guess how to... Pray over almost everything we do, and and push when I need to push, and then also not not push when I feel like I'm not called to. Which is actually much more difficult is to is to kind of take a step back. And I've had to do that a lot with kindergarten um, as he started um, because I'm not there. You know, I don't I haven't met all his aides. Um, I have to trust that oh God will take care of him and that he needs to, and he'll learn to have more of a voice when I don't always step in.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a lesson for all of us, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. right?
0: Um, rec- like, Where is that line where continuing to advocate really just means we're more in control? Right. And that's not what God has for us. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hearing that today, Jamie. <laughs> For sure. As a fellow <laughs> no, mom. I'm hearing that. I'm taking that in. Um so yeah. Yeah, that I mean, I just that must be a daily thing almost to to figure out. You know, when does he need my advocacy? When does he need me to to fight this particular battle? When do I need to just open up my hands and and trust and let go and, and rest in that. And when is my advocacy really a beautiful thing? It's going to create life and it's going to open the ways, perhaps even for more kids, right? I, I mean, I bet you're a trailblazer yeah. in oh, a lot yeah. of places you find yourself in.
1: It's funny. I, it's okay. So I just, you know, we just talked about this to the Target story and the ice skating story. And here's what I've, here's what God has showed me. It's always when I'm not trying to, to make waves or, you know, to, to forge a path or whatever it is, um, that God kind of puts it there. Like I wasn't in target that day looking for signs of disability inclusion, you know, or, or, or the ice skating. I didn't ask for him to be on there. Now I probably will in the future, but, yeah, I've noticed that God – it's like kind of the partner of the dance kind of thing. Like God initiates it, and then I feel much more comfortable following it. And I know that I'm following in a way that feels like it's – I didn't choose it. So then it, I, I'm much more comfortable because I know it's the right path, and it, I'm not mistaking it, mm-hmm. I suppose. He's placing the signs there. But it is, I mean, a lot of times, most of the time, it is a guessing game of like, you know, do I step in here? Do I not step in? Do I, do I push for this? Do I just wait and see? Do I let Charlie get really frustrated trying to use his own words because in the long run, it's going to make him stronger with his own voice? Or do I just go ahead and say for him what he wants to say because I already know, it, know what he's trying right. to get out?
0: Right. And when is he tired and just needs me to understand him and get him? When is that a gift? Yeah. And when is strengthening oh, yeah. his muscles a gift? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Oh, the const the constant um vigilance I-, I see in that. And you know, Jamie, I just I wonder, do you find yourself um just feeling really tired sometimes? <laughs> just fatigued. Oh. You know, <laughs> like almost brain like just mentally fatigued of of having to think about all of that on a you know an ongoing basis
1: mentally and emotionally yes it's it's been more fatiguing lately because because kindergarten is so new and everything you know we're having to rethink everything including just the flow of every single day how that looks um, it's funny I think because the first few years of Charlie's life were so much more draining than what we're living now because he was medically compromised. I mean, he was fragile. He was complex. He had a trach. He had a G-tube. He suffered uh, febrile seizures, which are the fever-induced seizures. That, I mean, we rode more than one ambulance. Um He got RSV. I mean, he had everything you could have when he was little. And I think the fact that he is physically safe and stable now is whenever I start to get frazzled now, because I have been frazzled lately, you know, we just built him a whole new room and we're dealing with getting him used to that and also finishing construction and, and everything. And whenever I get really frazzled by kind of the current situation, I still can look back and remember, Oh my gosh, thank the Lord. He's safe. Mm -hmm. You know, he's healthy and safe because it could be so much scarier and harder than it is. He can go to kindergarten. He he doesn't have to be sequestered away. You know, he's strong enough to go. So there is that bit of perspective that I can kind of pull in when I feel like I'm just a house of cards kind yeah. of wobbling. Yeah.
0: Which is amazing. <clears throat> you know, to even that your perspective still has come out of such such pain and fear and that that's mm-hmm. what you're drawing on. I just, I think that's yeah. amazing, Jamie. And you're, I just, I love that your, your outlook is um, typically so positive and one of such beauty, which is why I see you as a fierce and lovely woman. Um, Tell us a little bit about – I know that your next book is is fun. Like you're really excited about the story mm-hmm. and the the girl um, that you're writing about. Can you tell us just a little bit about what is coming next?
1: Oh, yes. I'm so excited about it. And it so, feels so far away. It's coming out next fall with um, Athenium, which is an imprint of Simon. Um, it is a middle grade novel, so upper middle grade, so probably – around age 12, maybe 13, um, age group. And, um, actually I'll, I'll read you the, uh, I'll read you the flap copy since I just finished it. That can Great. be a little sneak peek. Okay. So if you pick up the book, this is what will be on the back. Um, here we go. All right. Life isn't a piece of cake, but we get by Ellie tells it like it is that surprises some people who see a girl in a wheelchair and think she's going to be all sunshine and cuddles? The thing is, Ellie has big dreams to chase. She might be eating stofers for dinner, but one day she's going to be a professional baker. If she's not writing fan letters to her favorite celebrity chefs, she's practicing recipes on her well-meaning, if overworked, mother. When her grandfather's Alzheimer's takes a turn for the worse, Ellie and her mom move to small-town Oklahoma to take care of him. Ellie has to start all over again in a new town at a new school, except she's not just the new kid. She's the new kid in the wheelchair who lives in the trailer park on the wrong side of town. But Ellie starts to find her place and even makes some good friends, fellow trailer land residents who don't quite fit in either. Can she convince her mom that this town might just be the best thing that's ever happened to them? So that's the back copy. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah. I already love Ellie. <laughs> She's awesome. She is so she came out fully fleshed. Like she is so her own person. I keep expecting to see her actually around the corner in my neighborhood because she she feels so real. So
0: Oh my goodness. So is are there elements of Ellie that are really Jamie?
1: Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. I even say um I think if you I think a few um famous, famous chefs in the apologists, uh baking and aspiring to big things has like has gotten me through so many things. I think in a way it it gave me an identity when I didn't didn't know what I wanted and and ellie is ellie is probably a little more feisty than I was as a kid she is she's got she's got some some rev in her in her uh in her attitude that I didn't probably have I wish I'd had it I wish I had but uh yeah
0: right ellie's kind of the the cusper version of you in a 12 year old body
1: (laughs) exactly exactly and she's got some great friends um she meets some great friends in the trailer park, which her friend Coralie nicknames Trailerland, um, that they live in and it's it's kind of a fun, quirky cast of characters there. So yeah. Is
0: this your first fiction novel? It is, yes. It's the first pub your first published one. Yes. Right. But have you been writing fiction like forever? Has I have done both.
1: Thing? Yeah. I've okay. I've done I've done a little bit of both all along. Um I taught for so many years. Before having kids, um and even when Charlie was little, I didn't write a lot during those years um because I was teaching writing in English um in high school and uh but fiction has always been I've always had like the trail ends of stories in my mind um that I wanted to tell and uh, Ellie's story came out in a tidal wave of um energy, so it was a great um, it was a great one. It's actually it, the title, I I didn't even mention the title, but the title is roll with it. Hmm. Um, and it's just, there's so many, there's so many good family dynamics in there and interpersonal dynamics at the school and, and the kid. I just, it's just, I'm so excited.
0: I am too. And having a middle-aged, middle-grade daughter, not middle-aged, middle-grade daughter, I can't wait for her to read it. I, I just love having more and more heroines who are walking a different path than the majority one. Yeah. And so thank you for creating Ellie and <laughs> your life. <laughs> I can't wait to read it and I will definitely in the show notes um link to all of your places so that people can oh, find yeah. you and follow you and and you know get all the news for when that book is released and for now they can be reading Unbound and um just following your journey, and I hope this is encouraging for moms who are parenting special needs kids. But, but I really think that for all of us who are navigating um, the the tough the tough decisions and daily things that we're thinking about um, in life, you've just you've given us some good perspective. So, Jamie, thank you so much. Thanks for joining me on the Fierce and Lovely podcast. I wish thank you, you for all the best.
1: Me. Thank you. This was
0: great. All right. Take care. Well, listeners, do you see what I mean? You're going to want to get to know Jamie. I'll have all the links to find her in the show notes. For today, I'm leaving with the nugget of truth that when I advocate too much and too hard, I'm not trusting God anymore. That's one to think on today. But for now, thanks for listening. This is Beth Bruno, and you've been listening to The Fierce and Lovely Podcast.